Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew. Let us continue listening for God's word. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God around us, For the word of God within us, thanks be to God. In this brief reading from Matthew, Jesus shares with his disciples how to seek God, how to pray, and gives comforting reassurance. He lets them and us know that prayers will be answered. Faithfulness will be rewarded. But rewarded with what exactly? We need to be careful with this passage. We need to be careful with the whole Bible, but we need to be careful with this passage. It's one that's often used in prosperity gospel teachings, and at face value can sound like God is a vending machine. Ask, and it will be given to you. What will be given to you? Better chances at winning a sports game? (laughs) Yeah. Getting a promotion, finding a great parking spot? That's not what Jesus is talking about. This teaching follows the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus gives us the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, lengthy instructions about how to love and forgive, let go of attachments, release judgment of others, and so much more. In the chapters that lead up to today's reading, Jesus makes a lot of big asks of us that require personal transformation. So with these big asks, Jesus gives us instructions on how to pursue that transformation. He tells us to ask, seek, and knock. In other words, when we're in a pattern of judging others, or our worries and anger are all-consuming, or we're faced with making a complicated decision, We need to keep asking, keep searching. He promises that through maintaining prayer and practice somewhere in our confusion, God's grace will be found. Jesus tells us that by asking and seeking, we will be rewarded in nourishment. That means whenever we ask God for help, we will find what we need. And what we need, my friends, might be something we don't feel ready for, or even want. 
It will likely mean letting go of whatever attachment or part of our ego or self-image that most gets in the way of our ability to love. If we ask, God will crack open whatever hard shell we've formed around our hearts to make room for transformation. The passage in Matthew illustrates a parental image of God, a father who offers his child not something that will leave her hungry, a stone, or fearful and betrayed, a snake, but instead, tasty foods, warm bread and savory fish, nourishment. The Christ reassures his students, if human parents, there are some in this room, if human parents with all of their flaws and ways of passing on generational trauma do their best they can to fiercely love and nourish their child, just imagine what God is like. God is loving in a way that human parents can only emulate but never replicate. The image of the parent's deep love for the child is a symbol of God's love for creation and how God answers our prayers in ways that matter and in ways that nurture us spiritually. When we take this image in Matthew and turn our Bibles back to Psalm 139 that Lily read for us, our Old Testament reading for today, we are told more about that parent who is listening on the other line when we call who is on the, the one who is on the other side of the door, ready to throw it open when we knock. And we hear of a God whose love is inescapable. It's inescapable. In preparing this sermon, I took time to read Psalm 139, aloud to myself, which I rarely do, but I did it like a prayer, and it hit different. This psalm made me feel sort of naked, exposed, and it also made me cry. It was just so intimate between human and divine. From the psalm, you have searched me and known me. You are acquainted with all of my ways. You hem me in behind me and before me, you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. The Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis says, we, the collective human we, construct gods with a little g to make us feel safe when we're afraid or to answer the existential question, one we've been asking confirmation a lot, do we matter? We say, oh, this is God. This meanness is God, this anger is God, this punishment is God, this big wad of money is God, this house is God. And what we humans really, really want is just for God to look at our nakedness and say, you're okay, you're all right, just like you are. That's where Psalm 139 takes us, right up close, almost face to face with a loving God who knows your shame or the things you could scarcely admit to yourself or everything about you that you'd never want to be on the internet. And you know what God does? She encircles you in a blanket-sized hug and says, oh, my beloved, I formed everything in you. I know you and you are wonderfully made. 
This kind of love is so unfathomable to us, a love that we can emulate but never replicate. Humans are capable of radical and beautiful love, but we are also capable of hatred. Just last weekend, a park, a church, and a flea market were among the locations where gun violence erupted in eight American cities, leaving at least 65 people wounded, 17 fatally. Among the most devastating was the hate crime in Buffalo against black men and women who were grocery shopping. Throughout the past nine months, Pastor Lindsay and I have worked closely with the confirmation class in exploring big questions. And whenever we would teach about God's expansive, inescapable love, the confirmands would do what we all do. They would ask questions about God's terms and limitations on that love. Questions like, but wait, does God always forgive? If a person sinned in the worst way, does God still love them? How does God live with himself knowing all of the suffering in the world? God's all-reaching, all-knowing love is hard to conceptualize or accept when we live in a world that is terrifyingly complacent to white supremacy and all other forms of violence. We look around at insurmountable hurt, suffering, and injustice, and we cry out, where are you, God? Where is your love in all of this? Talk about big questions. Today's reading can guide us in helping us find our way. So Psalm 139 takes us, or talks about, not only a God who, who knows us intimately and loves us expansively, but a God who is with us ceaselessly. From the psalm, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I say, surely the darkness will consume me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. Old Testament scholar James L. Mays wrote, the psalmist confesses that he is never free of God in his total existence, but not like a prisoner. The psalmist is free for and to God. God is the limit of his existence, yet he himself is a real person to God, accountable, confronted, and known. And the psalmist, like us, totally confounded by God's love, and recognizes that the more he knows about God's love, the more he realizes he doesn't know anything and is filled with wonder. The only certainty that the psalmist finds is that God is with him ceaselessly. These two passages from Matthew and the psalm, in dialogue with one another, deliver some important wisdom. In the lesson from Matthew, Jesus tells us that the way of reaching God's love is through seeking. Faith is formed not through constructing certainty, but through skeptical, skeptical searching, deconstructing, asking questions again and again and again. We will, now, we will no doubt grow tired with all of that asking. So in the midst of our asking, seeking, and knocking for God, we are invited to rest in Psalm 139's 
three bewildering and also comforting truths. God knows you, like really knows you. God loves you in a way that human language and understanding cannot fully process. And God will never leave you. She was with you in the womb. He will be with you in your last breath. And they will be with you in every rise and fall of your lungs in every moment in between. From the psalm, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's so high, I cannot attain it. Friends, perhaps we cannot attain or comprehend God's love, but I've been asking myself this question a lot lately since reading that psalm. What if I could bring myself to the awareness of this inescapable love in all of my days? No matter how often I am reminded of this cosmic love, it never seems to be enough to keep me from eventually trying to escape it. I get caught up in the distraction of the day. I get stuck in stress, exhaustion, frustration, and even at times, hopelessness. I find myself barefoot, bruised, breathless, having tried my best to run from God's presence. I find myself tangled in fear, being so self-critical, and forgetting that I was wonderfully made. I also find myself swimming in my ego, forgetting you were wonderfully made. I'm a seminarian and a youth pastor who spends hours every week constructing my theology and teaching about divine love, and yet I still get lost and distracted from God. It's easy to do in our brutal and angry and disheartening world. We may run from God, but he seeks us out anyway. She meets us in heaven and in Sheol, which translates to the place of darkness in Hebrew. And that heaven in Sheol is a place here we create in the here and now. She seeks us out. God's love can be the total experience of life around us, meeting us in every place, following us to the furthest limits of our challenges, into the loneliest nights of our grief. All we have to do is ask, seek, and knock, and return to a well of love that scripture promises us will never dry up. I am loved. You are loved. We are loved by a God who is love itself. What would it be to feel that all the time? So where are you, God? Where is your love in all of this? Friends, if we seek it out, Christ's love dwells in and among us. God intends for this love to nourish us so deeply that it reaches our hearts, inviting us to take part in God's ongoing work of justice and mercy in our world. To my dear ones in the 22 class of confirmation, I want to welcome you officially <laughs> into the lifelong journey of seeking love and finding it over and over and over and over again. 
Let it change you and let it guide you. Being loved in this way makes us accountable to share this love in action, in all that we are, and in all that we do. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.